0: The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality. A podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and
1: conspiracy-mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They (laughs) dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem, with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I
0: highly recommend you check out conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism.
1: And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it.
0: I, I do. They're they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that.
1: From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The detective came and knocked on the door and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look.
3: It was the worst day ever. <laughs> the Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they
2: arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something.
3: She had a black eye about two
2: weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack.
1: You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me again near my whole life.
3: You can listen now to Season 2 of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee?
1: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, if she wanted to switch things up, could Paula Poundstone make it as a librarian? Spoiler alert, Oh, I mean, of course not. I mean, have you ever listened to the podcast or seen her shows or stood next to her at the store? Well, then you know that Paula Poundstone isn't the shusher. She's the shashi. Nevertheless, we're going to explore this total non-option for her and learn about the library sciences as librarian Emily Aronson joins us for Career Corner. Plus, do you know what would make this podcast better? Well, you sure seem to. It's Mailbag Helpful Hints Edition. I am Adam Felber, carefully cataloging and arranging the facts and fancies of this podcast to build an accessible living archive in a contemplative and informationally hygienic environment. And now, please welcome the rogue librarian who keeps booking the reading room for the marching band practice. It's Paula Poundstone. Yay! Yay Paula! Hey you guys. Hey and Paula. Hey
0: Adam. And and thanks to tonight's house band, Katie Triplett from Tulsa, Oklahoma on the toy piano. For bookings and online music lessons in voice, piano, and ukulele, you can contact Katie at Katie at gmail.com. Who doesn't love the toy piano? I love the toy piano. Yeah, what's new, Paula Bowenstone? <laughs> You know, I have some vision problems, but I feel like it's not a vision because I can pass the vision tests. You know, when the letters are up there and I'm focused on it, I can do it. If I'm just out and about, I'm forever seeing things that aren't there uh, or misinterpreting what I'm seeing or seeing something right in front of me and not realizing what I'm looking at. And so I've said to the eye doctor, I feel like it's a brain problem. It's like a processing problem more than a vision problem. And honestly, he just laughs when I say it, which isn't really all that helpful. So I'm in the restroom in an airport the other day and a woman has on a sweatshirt. And I see the words on the sweatshirt say, I'll bring the bad decisions And I'm like, oh, my God, that is such a great sweatshirt. I really wanted to know, like, where do you get a sweatshirt? Like, I would buy that sweatshirt. So I kind of followed her through the airport. And then when I finally got right close where I could ask, it said, I'll bring the shenanigans. Oh. (laughs) Well, I'll bring the shenanigans is like, I don't want that shirt. That's just stupid. I'll bring the shenanigans. I don't want the shenanigans. I want the bad decisions.
1: Well, you you need to get a a sweatshirt like that made for yourself.
0: That's a great idea. You know what? I could have it made in a remarkably soft tri-poly blend.
1: I mean, it's possible that your remarkably soft tri-poly blend, which doesn't really exist, could be somehow um, fashioned into a sweatshirt. I just don't know. I am not a garment guy.
0: Oh, come on. What do you mean you're not a garment guy? Come on now. What? Don't, don't you underestimate. You know, you this- are a garment guy. I, I see, Adam, answer the
1: phone. What? <laughs> answer the phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really didn't want to. Um, <laughs> hello?
0: Hey, man, it's just me, Mike Boniface, and I just want to tell you, man, you are a garment guy. Really. Man, you can do garments if you want. You know, I don't usually agree with that, Bitch, but she is hey, right hey, hey. this time. Yeah.
1: But what do you mean, Mike? I, I, I don't feel like I'm a garment guy at all, and I don't want to be.
0: No, man, you know a lot about everything. I'm sure you know a lot about garments.
1: I, I don't know the first thing about textiles.
0: Oh, man, you know what? I'm an influencer now, so I know a lot about textiles. Like right now, I'm wearing a sweatshirt that you're probably going to wear. Why? You're, you're going to want to wear it, because everybody wants to wear what I wear now that I'm an influencer. <laughs>
1: And what does the sweatshirt say, Mike?
0: This sweatshirt, and you're gonna love this. It says, "I would never listen to that bitch, Paul You had that put on a sweatshirt? People love it. People <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's so a Tripolitan. That's that's
1: defamatory.
0: All right, man, I gotta go. Don't don't you bring that legal stuff in. It. I gotta go. I gotta go. I got <laughs> I got a lot, a lot of people influence. All right, bye, man.
1: Bye, bye, Mike. Boy,
0: he really loves you. He does.
1: Uh, although he doesn't he say did. we're going to hang out after the game as much anymore now that he's an influencer. Maybe Adam, answer the phone.
0: Answer wait, the phone. I don't
1: want to call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, man, it's me, Mike Barber. I forgot to tell you. You know what? I'll see you when we hang out after the game. We're not going to do that, Mike. Talk to you later, man. Can't wait to hang out after the game.
1: Okay. You'll be waiting. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. He loves you. Hey, Paula, let's say hello to the rest of our crew here by going. Wait around the a horn. minute. Before we do that, I have to say one more thing. Okay. I could be a librarian. You totally could not be a librarian. Paula, you talk constantly and have frequently told me that you can't stop.
0: I can do it in a low voice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Purple grapes, purple grapes. <laughs> Don't underestimate me. I told you you could be a garment man. That's
1: true. All right. So, anyways, now you can go around the horn. Okay. Well, let's start. Around the horn. Let's start our horn to the north. Our own North Star, your manager, our producer, Bonnie Burns. How are you, Captain Krinkle?
2: I'm good. I love being a North Star. Oh, I wouldn't get carried away with that if I wow. were you. <laughs> just,
1: It was just kind of <laughs> hyperbole, Bonnie.
2: Yeah. do you want to know what's new with me
0: yeah what's new what's new are, are you telling me that you wrote a theme song for what's new with you what's new what's new what's new
2: with you bonnie birds <laughs> north star <laughs>
1: I like the theme song. I hope that your segment here lives up to it. What's new with you? Yeah,
2: I was just going to say that song's going to be hard to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I didn't have that exciting weekend. Here was my experience in the last few days. I actually went, Paula was performing in the area and I went to her show and it was the first time I've really been out you know, in a crowd of people. But when I she was in the green room, you know, which is a room backstage where you can have talent hang out, I walked in, and there must have been 12 people sitting there, and they were all masked, and, of course, I was masked. And she said, here's my manager, Bonnie Burns, and I tell you, every word that came out of my mouth I thought was wrong. It <laughs> just it was so... Unusual, I felt like, oh, how am I coming across? I think I'm really being bad at this. It was like wow. waking up from being in a coma. I was so, wow. like, I'm not comfortable in that situation. And I used to know how to work a room baby
0: like nobody's
2: business. <laughs>
0: <Huh>. <laughs> you know, my guess is that both of those perceptions are incorrect. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You think that that maybe she overestimated the earlier Bonnie Burns and underestimates today's?
0: Yes, exactly. I think that your perception of yourself as knowing how to work a room, baby, did you say? She did Um, say that. Like nobody's business. I think that is probably (laughs) the fact that you're holding yourself to that standard. (laughs) And I've known you for, you know, 28 years now, maybe. Uh, Have you ever
1: seen her work a room?
0: If I have, it wasn't like nobody's business. Let me just say that. <laughs> it, 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 was like, it was like somebody's business. Come on. Um, boy, I'm so sorry that you had that feeling. I didn't know that you were feeling that way. Uh, I well, thought you were uh, perfectly appropriate. Well, and, that's uh, nice to know. Yeah. I'm sorry. University. I'm sure that everyone else had the same feeling, I think, you know, being out. And we all look sort of pale and undercooked.
2: I just, you know, I think it's not having a sense of how I was coming across when it's just been so long since I've been in a group of people that was just people that I don't know necessarily. Uh there's been no testing ground. No, that's not it. I think I was confident before, but now it's just like a new thing.
1: I'm 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 sorry that you that you felt so awkward in the social situation, but I gotta tell you, Bonnie. Everybody's going through that now. Everybody's doing things that they used to do two years ago, and feeling like, "How did I ever navigate this situation in the past?"
2: Yeah, and I have to tell Paula, oh, I don't really work a room now because I don't really give a shit. But I used to when I was younger about you know moving myself forward in show business, and I really knew how to go up and get people talking. Really, really. What kinds of things would you say? <laughs> what would you say? Are you freaking kidding me? No. I just go, uh, hey, I'm Bonnie Burns. Nice to meet you or something and go around to a bunch of different people. And that opens up the conversation. And, you know, "Why, why are you here? And I meet all these people. And then they're business contacts for future. Huh. I didn't know you were doing that. Well, you know what happened with Bill Clinton when you were at the White House correspondence dinner?
1: Oh no, what did you do to Bill Clinton, Bonnie?
2: You know, there's like that big cocktail reception before they go in for the dinner. Everybody's mingling around. I'm like standing there and this guy comes up and he says, hi, Bill Clinton. He reaches out his hand, he goes, hi, Bill Clinton, to shake mine. And I go, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm from LA. I don't know who you are.
0: <laughs> no. No.
2: And since all this stuff has come out that he seems to like kind of zoftic women, now I'm wondering if he wasn't hitting on me. Wait a minute. Wait, was he president yet when this happened or not? No, I guess he was running. No, he was
1: running, wasn't
2: he? Yes. Okay, but wait. Connie, this
1: seems to argue against your great ability to work a room. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And besides which, when you go around
0: wait a minute. This is so unfair. When you when you used to go around working a room, were you hitting on people? No, I was making business contacts. Okay, well then, why does it mean that he is? Well,
2: because of his. I mean, (laughs) he's kind of known now for being. Okay, but wait a minute. That's not fair. No, I get what you're saying. I know what you're going to do. You're going to say I made up my mind about this, and I create these whole fantasy scenarios. And you could be right.
0: Yeah, I am right. Okay. Poor, poor Bill Clinton being assailed. The <laughs> guy did nothing but introduce himself, and you, you, you've got him hitting on you. That's
2: well, why did he come up to me? I was just standing there. I wasn't even working the room. Oh, my
1: gosh. I, I think it's entirely likely that he, he was uh, into you. I'm on Team Bonnie on this one. Oh,
0: Oh, for heaven's sakes, the two of you, <laughs> you, you know what, if, my eye. you guys definitely need to hone your social skills because this is absurd. A person can say hello and stick their hand out and say their name and it doesn't mean they're trying to have sex with you. Uh, it so- always
1: does. Always. 100% of the time.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it didn't mean that then, but now it's made me wonder... That's all I'm saying. So, Bonnie, if you were in a classroom, oh my god, and the teacher said, "I'd like everyone to stand up and say their name," would you feel like you were at risk of being gang raped? You know, do you see how she gets? She seizes on this one thing. No, and it's not one won't thing. Let it go. It's this story is from like thirty years ago. I or, said no, 28 20, 20, or something. Five
1: seven. Twenty-five six, years five, ago. It's okay. closer to thirty. No, it's not, fuck you, Adam. Bill Clinton won in 1992. It's 2021. Oh. Oh, my okay. heavens. <laughs> Have you wondered
0: why he hasn't called? Is that no. is that why you're saying such a stupid thing? Because you're bitter?
2: <laughs> I said I never thought of it until about a year and a half ago. I love no. Bill Clinton. I think he's terrific.
0: Oh, my God. So you've created a relationship. Oh, geez. Oh, my God.
2: You know, oh. if we were on a phone call right now and we were talking something in business or something, this is where I'd go, you know what? Why don't we just get off the
1: phone? You know what? Why don't we just move on? <laughs> uh, we're going to go down to Sherman Oaks, California. Where, where, Tony Anita Hull, I'm sure she's got something great and new to update and- us on. Tony Anita Hull, our producer and friend, how are you?
4: I'm doing well. I have new news, but sad news to report. Okay. oh Remember Dr. Eleanor, one of our
0: favorite guests?
1: We love her, the ant expert and the rat expert and the spider expert. And the pigeon expert.
0: The pigeon expert. Remember, she named the pigeons after us. Yes. It was Adam and Paula, the pigeons.
4: Yeah. Paula and Adam were hanging out in their loft and sadly a uh, hawk got in and ate both Paula and Adam. The only two oh. pigeons that were eaten what? were Paula and Adam, so they are dead.
0: Oh my gosh!
4: I hate, I'm sorry to report. They, they were so young!
1: Oh. They were like two months old! Oh. I know.
4: All the other pigeons lived,
0: but Paula and Adam Oh my didn't god! You know what? That. I have had kind of a headache behind my, but like in the center of my forehead, but like back a little ways. That could be that.
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of feathers in the back of my throat.
0: <laughs> no, that would she be. She also that would be if you were the hawk.
1: Oh right.
4: <laughs> she did send a picture of the hawk, by the way, that has. The blood of Paula
0: and Adam on its beacon. Oh, come on. She took a picture. Instead of shooing it away, she said, hold on. I got to get, I got to, I got to put my camera on.
1: Tony, you got to get a pic. You got to put that picture up on our Facebook page so we can see that. that
4: picture. The
1: last known picture of any part of Paula and Adam.
4: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm sorry. R.I.P. Oh. Oh.
0: Well, bye, Paula and Adam, pigeons.
1: Yeah, we loved you. Um, We never really even got to see much of you. Um,
0: Only the good (laughs) die young.
1: (laughs) We must have done something stupid in that pigeon coop, though. To be the only two to get eaten? No, we were the tastiest. Uh,
0: The flavor of us was so extraordinary, the hawk said, you know what, I'm going to stop right here. I don't want to do anything to destroy this. This was,
1: oh. You know what, I think Paula the Pigeon just couldn't shut up. So all the other pigeons were being really quiet. Oh the hawk gets into the coop and and and, and like I'm there, the Adam pigeons going, Shush, Shush, there's a the hawk. And, and you're like, funny story about hawks.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could be. That while was I was being eaten.
1: You know, this reminds me of something.
0: Yeah, while I was being eaten, I said, you know, I was eaten once before. And uh <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that's terrible news, uh, Tony. That is terrible news.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, my heaven. Tony, Tony, have any former presidents, uh, when they were (laughs) candidates, hit on you? Grant, Ulysses, maybe, (laughs) or uh, Taft? Taft come after you? Oh. Yeah.
4: No, but there have been some sexy ex-presidents. Not (laughs) Taft. Maybe like a Kennedy. What about a
1: Kennedy? Mm. Yeah. Or
4: an Obama.
1: Oh. Oh. There's only one Obama, but I I hear you. Yeah. (laughs) I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, All right. (laughs) Uh. With that disturbing issue in the wind, uh, I'll I'll just say uh, for myself as an update, guys, as you know, my my new book, Confessions of a Puppet Master, written with Charles Band, is out, and it's getting good reviews. Um, That's great. Library Journal called it a wildly entertaining read. Which is very cool. So uh, hopefully it's selling like gangbusters out there right now, and all the nobodies are picking it up. But one of the things that the publishers have been asking uh, me and my co-author to do, and Paula, maybe you've gone through this, is that it's all about influencers nowadays. So basically, they, they, you know, the publisher and the publicist are saying, if you know any famous people, the most important thing is to have them talk about your book on Twitter or Instagram. So you just Adam, gotta answer, answer, fr- the <laughs> answer the phone. Answer the phone. Uh oh. No, 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 no. Okay. Hello.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Adam, man, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Ah, Hey, listen, man, I'll talk up your book. Uh, I, uh, you got a book? Out? I'll, t- I'll talk up. What'd you write, Moby Dick?
1: No, it's called Confessions of a Puppet Master, Mike. So if you could tweet about it, that would be awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I'm a big influencer. Everybody wants to wear what I wear, everyone wants to read what I read.
1: How many followers do you have, Mike?
0: Uh, right now, I got like, uh, I'm almost at a million. Million, what? a million. Yeah, close, close. I'm going to round up. I'm going to round up and say a million. What are you rounding up from? 150,000. <laughs> well,
1: I guess that's, that's more than me. So uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. one to talk. That's oh, a lot. Man.
0: I, I, got, I got a shitload of followers, and they do everything I say, man. So I'm happy to tell them to read, uh, What? what is it? What's the name of it again?
1: Confessions of a Puppet Master, Mike.
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. It's about the puppet business. That's great. People are going to no, love that. Like a guy say. That horror movies, Mike. A guy say, hey, I didn't even watch that sock, and I put my hand in it. That, that's great. You were Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a oh, confession boy, of a it's not puppet It's Not
1: at all what the book's about, Mike.
0: People are going to love it, man. You're you going to sell so many books. You're going to be like, <laughs> what the fuck? How did I sell that many books? It's gonna, it's me, Mike Bumbo it. People <laughs> well, thanks, do what Mike. I do.
3: Everybody yeah. wants
0: to do what I do. I'm All sure, right, right, man. It's my pleasure. My a, my pleasure to help you thank out, you. you know. Yeah. Thank I you, mean, Mike. you helped me out for years, man. So, I'm really thrilled to be able to help you out.
1: Well, that's great. I I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. That'll be great.
0: All right, man. I uh, will talk to you when we hang out after the game. Take care. <laughs> we are
1: not going to do that. Take care, Mike. Wow, that's
0: great. So you can go back to your publisher and tell him you have a, a you know, really powerful influencer. Influencer. Yeah. Yeah, a million followers.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think he does.
0: You know, if you ask Bonnie Burns, um, she'll think you're coming on to her.
2: Oh, my God. You know, she's not going to let this go for so long. She's going to be hammering me for the next two
0: weeks. But, Bonnie, do do you remember when LBJ was campaigning and he came on to you? Jeez. The guy...
4: You know what, I wouldn't put it, listen, I wouldn't put it past Bill Clinton, Bonnie. What is hate.
0: this? Why are we assailing Bill
4: Clinton? I have to say I agree. I'm with you. I'm on Team Bonnie. He said,
2: hi, I'm Bill Clinton. That's ridiculous.
4: After watching Impeachment, American Crime Story, I don't put it past Well,
2: it. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to bring it up because I do like Bill Clinton, but boy, I got to agree with her. After watching that impeachment thing, uh, he doesn't come across very well.
0: Well, was that a documentary?
2: (laughs) Well, it was produced by uh, Monica Lewinsky, was one of the producers.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I don't think, hi, I'm Bill Clinton, (laughs) is inappropriate.
1: (laughs) I don't think it's a big come on. Um, And this is like 1991 Bill Clinton or 1992 Bill Clinton. It doesn't
0: matter. He said, "Hi, I'm Bill Clinton." That's no, not
1: I I this- believe that no. he, he had sex with about 74% of the people that he said hi to that year. That's not true.
2: Honestly, and that's how he would do it. He that's not go true. up and he'd just kind of like see no. somebody like, I'm not saying he liked me, and then he, you know, "Hey, hi." Once I said, "I'm sorry, I don't know who you
0: are," he walked away. <laughs> Well, you didn't have to say, he just told you who he was. What a weird Hollywood-climby thing to say. He just told you who he was. He, he said, hi, I'm Bill Clinton. You go, sorry, I don't know who you are? How about, how about, hello, I'm Bonnie Burns. Oh, my gosh. All right, Paula, save us all. Do you have a word this week? Yeah, please. You guys, there's something wrong with all of you. You don't know how to have conversations. This is, you know... Yeah, I would agree that you've all lost your social skills. I really, I would.
1: (laughs) Unlike you. Do you have a word this week, Paula? I do, Adam.
0: I have a word. It's parlous. It's an adjective that means dangerously uncertain, precarious. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Our democracy will be in a parlous position unless and until we pass strong voting rights legislation. I recently had the pleasure of performing in Loveland, Colorado, and I happened to ask the audience how many people had had encounters with bears. Well, they all had. They, they were so casual about it. So it might help to understand the word parlous if I use it in a Loveland, Colorado setting. Here. Loveland, Colorado resident number one. I thought you were going to call me last night. Loveland, Colorado resident number two. I got trapped in my garage by a bear. Loveland, Colorado, (laughs) resident number one. That must have been a parlous situation. Loveland, Colorado, resident number two. It was. It was parlous. Loveland, Colorado, resident number one. Still, I called you the night I found the bear in my kitchen, and that was parlous. Loveland, Colorado, resident number two. It was parlous the time I climbed that tree to get away from the bear, and I called you. Loveland, Colorado, resident number one. No, you texted me. And climbing a tree isn't a good way to get away from a bear. They can climb trees. Loveland, Colorado, resident number two. I know. You climb a tree to get away from a bear, and that makes the situation even more parlous. Loveland, Colorado, resident number one. You did call me that time the bear was in your kitchen. Loveland, Colorado, resident number two. Nah, that was the bear who called. That was a parlous situation. Loveland, Colorado, resident number one. Did I call you the time the bear picked me up at the airport? Parlous, parlous, parlous. (laughs) Now, I told all of this to Tony Anita Hull earlier today, and she told me that parlous had already been a vocabulary word in another episode of our show. So... (laughs) This week's word is amnesic. It's a noun or an adjective that means experience or relating to a partial or total loss of memory. It happened a lot to Victoria Barclay on the Big Valley. Last week's word was palanquin. It's a noun that means a covered litter for one passenger consisting of a large box carried on two horizontal poles by four six bearers. Not a mode of transportation for really great sharers. The week before that, the word was maunder. It's a verb that means talk in a rambling manner. Someone who talks about Archie comics, salad spinners, mood rings, and Matthew McConaughey in a talk on oil prices isn't a very good speech planner. Going back before that, the word was mephitic. It's an adjective that means smelling very unpleasant, like a really old dead pheasant. And not long ago, the word was perspicacious. It's an adjective that means having a ready insight into an understanding of things. I can tell birds can't fly without wings. I must be perspicacious 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 let's never forget gallimaufry which i pronounced wrong until nobody james hider corrected me it's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things hodgepodge who's podge hodgepodge
1: wow that was that was special
0: amnesic Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, <laughs> replicable, but I do, I do, I do, I do. Um, hey, yeah. Tony Anita if you can use this week's word, amnesic, correctly in a sentence on three occasions during this show, we will give dollars worth of advertising to Bookshop Santa Cruz at 1520 Pacific Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. Dollars of
1: advertising. But you won't even mention them if Tony can't use Amnesic three times.
0: No, no, I don't. You know what? This is a challenge. And Bookshop Santa Cruz at 1520 Pacific Avenue has a lot hanging in the balance right now in order to get their dollars worth of advertising. They are really hoping. Tony, do you
1: accept the challenge?
4: Challenge accepted. I'm nervous, but I'll do it.
1: Coming up, Albert Einstein said, the only thing you absolutely have to know is the location of the library. I know he said this because I Googled it. We explore Paula's career as a librarian next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
0: Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, and the sixth one has started a podcast. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally checked Learn a Language off your list with Babbel.
1: Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And, Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole, like, getting phrases that are important to know in that language, right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants, and yeah. I really yeah. dig more than that the speech recognition technology because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, <laughs> I am <laughs> I am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adiós, Carlos. Ya te vas? Si, sí, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta
0: pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies From Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is this some kind of special? Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody.
1: If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com, and then you just add a slash and the word nobody, and it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection, which I have the newly released Helix elite collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers. And they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux.
0: Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free
1: pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula, and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better
0: sleep starts now. Paula.
1: Paula, I oh. invited you over, but <laughs> fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula, and if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam and tonight is January 3rd and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Prize Picks PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So it's like an insurance policy go to prizepix.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars that's prizepix.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars and then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and harden again on January 3rd my hopes are not that high prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: On this day in unremarkable history, John F. Kennedy Jr. said, Yeah, I'm alive, but Trump lost.
1: (laughs) 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 Thank you, house band Katie Triplett on that toy piano. You are a virtuoso. So, Paula, you're doing live shows again, I understand.
0: I am, Adam. And you know what? I could not be happier to be back at my stand-up job. I have the best audiences in the world, and spending the night laughing with them is peak. But I have to be honest, I hate all of the self-promotion, the part where I'm still stuck saying, on December 18th, I'll be in Annapolis, Maryland at Ramshead on stage, and on December 19th, I'll be in Boston at the Wilbur Theatre. So... I'm always keeping my eye out for another career where I won't have to do that. I love books and I love libraries. I wonder
1: if I could be a librarian? Well, Paula Poundstone, to answer that question, welcome to Career Corner. Yes, it's time for Career Corner where we learn all about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a librarian. Here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful high stakes world of library science is the adult librarian, Studio City Branch Library of the Los Angeles Public Library System. Please welcome Emily Aronson.
3: Yay! Yay! Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, thanks for being here, Emily.
0: All right, let me ask you, well, first of all, tell Adam, libraries
3: don't have to be quiet the way they used to, right? Yes, this is true. I mean, it really depends on the day, but we have a lot of people doing different things. Like some people are tutoring, working on projects together. We also during, you know, more ordinary times have programs that take place in the library. And while they do take place in the meeting room, sometimes the sound, you know, enters the other space. and we also have to help our patrons, so we're talking to them all the time, um, although we do try to keep our voices quiet if we can. I will say that right now, it's been very, very quiet in that almost everybody who comes into the library is just very diligently reading or studying. So <laughs> in ordinary times, there's more noise. And it also depends on the time of day, too, because you know, between three and five when the kids are out of school, it's going to be a little bit noisier.
0: There's also the village people performances and the drum circles and that, that and I love it that the the modern library has all these different events. Um all right, how many years so so getting back to to what path I would take to do this? How many years of education do I need to become a librarian and what classes do I take?
3: So You do need a master's degree, and it usually takes about two years. So obviously, to get a master's, you need your undergrad uh, degree. So I guess it would be six years total. For undergrad, the major doesn't really matter that much. I would imagine a major in literature or communication or or something relating to public service would help. I majored in molecular biology and then went into entertainment. And this is a second career for me, and it's worked out well. So the major doesn't matter that much. Wow. Wow. You have
0: eclectic yes. <laughs> um, yes, That's very true. And what courses am I taking when I went in my master's degree? What courses do yeah, I Yeah, So you're
3: going to take courses on kind of the foundations of library science and the history of library science. You'll take co- courses on management, uh, probably on. Uh, different types of literature, like I took children's literature, I took young adult literature, uh, something called reader's advisory, which is how to help people find the books they want, um, reference questions, how to how to really you know, delve deep into what people are looking for and try to find them the answer. And then there are other things like uh, website design. I took I took uh, working um, libraries and disaster situations, I think, was one class I took. I'm trying to think of some of the others.
0: Wait, libraries and disaster situations. Yes.
3: Yeah. Was, what does that it mean? It was about how libraries can help serve the public during disaster situations, how they can get out, you know, correct information. Um Wow.
0: um, What was the one you said earlier about one of the courses you mentioned about helping people find the type of books they like? Did you say what was the name of that oh, course? Uh,
3: Reader's Advisory is what it's called.
0: So what kinds of stuff did they tell you in that
3: class? You know, this is embarrassing, but I actually didn't take that one. But it is something. Oh, no. <laughs> it is something I've learned about throughout because there are a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of continuing education Uh, things about readers advisory. But, you know, you talk about how what to ask people to look for to help them find their next book. Um, And it's something I'm constantly working on, trying to remember all the books that I've read and know about can sometimes be harder Mm -hmm. than you might think in the moment. But you want to know that makes sense to me, um, you know, talk to them about what they've read recently and enjoyed kind of what mood they're in to to get, a feeling for what it is they really liked about the books that they've enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, because they might be looking for something that's really character driven or a mystery or things like that. And, and when they first come to you for something, they might not necessarily tell you exactly that, you know? All right. So now why do they call it library science? Oh, uh, you start me a little bit on this one. I mean, that, that's a good question. I mean, I guess it's, you know, library and information sciences. So it's, this you know the study of how libraries work and how to find information I don't know I never really thought about that to yeah. be honest
1: there's there's really no application of the scientific method there um
3: Emily I mean uh what are you trying to pull here I'm not I'm not sure <laughs> you know I'd have to look it up to find out myself so I I apologize that I cannot answer that question <laughs> no,
0: that's okay all right so now I've been hired I'm I'm training Right. So I'm in I'm in the library with you at Studio City branch uh, of the Los Angeles Public Library system. Uh, what are my daily duties? And is there like a hierarchy within the library staffing positions?
3: Yes. So uh, the daily duties are going to be really different for each librarian. So my day to day as an adult librarian at a branch is going to be very different from, you know, the head of adult literacy or some a librarian who works on the digital content team or subject specialists at Central and it can also be different from branch to branch, you know, even in Los Angeles because the communities are so different. But you know, mm-hmm. for me, generally, I'll have a few hours on the reference desk, which is where we answer people's questions and help them with their computer use and help them find books. Um,
0: and you and you write with the little pencils on the tiny paper. Yes,
3: we do have little pencils and tiny paper. We do. Oh, yes. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yes.
1: But P- Paula, you got to give computer help too.
3: Yes, you do have to be. And yeah, computer help and device yeah. help. Well, You know, uh, we have a lot of electronic resources, so we'll have to help people access those electronic resources, you know, on their phones or their iPads or things like that. Tooth, so. What
0: do you mean electronic resources? You mean audio books, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah.
3: Audio books, But even more than that, we have uh, courses, we have streaming media. So we have streaming movies. We have a couple of websites that you can access. Uh, Canopy and Hoopla, oh. streaming movie. streaming music. We have one that you can actually download music. Um, you can get up to five songs per week. We have language courses. We have over 200 databases as well. Um, so, all kinds of things that you can access. That's great. Yeah, with your library card. We even have free, you know, we have free, you can get through your library, free passes to museums and other attractions, but you do that on the computer. So, obviously, if somebody isn't that great with the computer, you'd have to help them, uh, you know, learn that on the website.
0: Okay, well we'll put a pin in that because you're right, Adam. That might be a that might be a problem area for me. It, it, it right. feels
3: like it's
1: a place where you need <laughs> that and, 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 and not talking sometimes. Seem like two of the really, really big hurdles.
0: Okay, okay, but you know what? You know, you, you don't want to let the hurdles stop you, Adam. So No, you need to a- jump over hurdles.
1: Mm-hmm. that's why they're exactly hurdles. precisely.
0: Yeah. All right. You mentioned earlier a, a position in the library might be
3: a literacy adult literacy mm-hmm. person. Did you say adult literacy? Yes. I mean, I just mentioned that because it's a department downtown. So, um, mm-hmm. but yes, adult literacy, we have a huge adult literacy program. We have tutors that help people both learn to read and in English as a second language as well. But obviously there are children's librarians as well. So yeah, that's yeah. A huge, I yeah. love, I love
0: it that there's a adult literacy uh, program at the mm-hmm. library. I think that's fantastic. Now, how... How are the books selected for the library? Like who gives the axe to a book um, to a book that you have carried for a while? Mm-hmm. And and also um does your library still have Eat Pray Love?
3: Yes, we actually do still have Eat Pray Love. It circulates really well. So there are no. numerous copies throughout the system. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. We oh. should
1: let you know that we have a um, a podcast book club. We've done two books this year. Uh-huh. One was Moby Dick, and the other was Eat, Pray, Love. We just finished Eat, Pray, Love oh, a couple wow. of weeks okay. ago. Okay. It oh
3: it, it that was, one was not painful. that
1: well received uh, by the club here.
3: I see. Okay. You know, I, I yeah. This is my second embarrassing answer. I've actually never read it myself, but um. It is oh no, fun. no, that's
0: good. That's good. Keep it that way. Um. In fact, we might want to put a Paula, a, a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone book club sticker on that book, like some sort of a warning <laughs> telling people that life is too short. Um, all right. So who, <laughs> how, how are
3: the books uh,
0: selected for the library? Yeah.
3: So in our system, because it's so big, some of it does happen centrally. So the acquisitions team and the subject specialists prepare lists each month of items that we librarians can then choose from for our own branches. So- we're pretty lucky because because it's a big system. Everything on the list is purchased for the system in some form. So we know that if we don't choose it for our branch, it will still be available to our patrons because they can order from any of our 73 locations and have it delivered to the branch of their choice. Oh, good. Yeah. good. So, so that is very helpful because we, we, we can usually only purchase a small fraction of what's on the list. um, Mm -hmm. And we want a lot more than that. So it's really fun to go through and see what's coming out and try to figure out what our patrons will like. So we try to use, you know, get a diverse range of material on different subjects by different authors. um, And also look at what will circulate at our location based on, you know, what's what we know to have circulated in the past. And we know people are asking for, so, you know, most of the time, you know, all of the books by the big publishers and the things that you're seeing in the newspaper, those are gonna be purchased certainly by the system and most likely at a lot of the branches as well. Uh-huh. All right. Do you have and Paula's books? It, we probably do, yes. I didn't I didn't check uh before I what? got it. A- you were
1: too busy pretending to be a scientist that's all right well
3: i you know if we go back to the science part my college degree is actually in molecular cellular and developmental biology so maybe
1: that's true you (laughs) did say (laughs) that
3: that
0: that (laughs) probably gave you a foot in the door (laughs) for the library (laughs) science
3: even though i didn't come up with like i kind of want to look that up before we end this And it may be something, you know, honestly, it may be something that I learned in my first year of grad school as well.
1: You might have learned in your first year of grad school whether or not the library had Paula Poundstone's books. No, the library science are.
3: The science. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have time to look that up right now because let me just say this. Walter Cronkite said, whatever the cost of our libraries, the price is cheap compared to that of an ignorant nation. Guess what, Walter? We managed to do both. More with Emily Aronson when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Bob from Yorktown, Virginia.
0: Hey, Nobodies! I have an audio album available to you, the listener, on all digital platforms. It was originally released as an HBO special in 1996, but this is the first time Paula Poundstone Goes to College is available as an audio album. It was filmed at an Ivy League university in Cambridge where most people go for four years. I was able to get all I needed in one night. I talk about raising kids, financial deficits, and putting my trade table up. But best of all, there were lots of great audience members to talk to. Hey, it's just me, Paula Boundstone. I want to tell you about a headgum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha B, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paul Poundstone, Larry (laughs) Wilmore, Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, uh, (laughs) protect humanity. But apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, (laughs) uh, but... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast cue that needs a little levity, meaning the news needs a little levity, (laughs) not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that
1: out. Jesus f**ks. Get ready for the miracle of
3: Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church.
1: And and not only does he f but he's the best at it.
3: I'm Holly Loren,
1: And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman,
0: Lauren Lapkus, Paul Scheer, Jason Manzoukas, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell.
1: I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny.
2: Is there
4: any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ?
2: I guess,
3: how much do you think is bullshit?
1: There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Best I ever had. Best I ever had. Y'all could do it.
1: Y'all could do it. Y'all sing along. Will you know what I'm saying? Here you go. Jesus, you the Jesus, best. Jesus, you're the you best. You be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the you're best. The be- oh, okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Emily Aronson. Paula. Uh,
0: okay, so during the break, Emily, did, did you Google... Uh, the the
3: library science, why they use the word science? Yes, I did. And I found two things that are interesting. One is that the term library science first appeared in the early 1930s in the title of S.R. Reganathan's The Five Laws of Library Science, published in 1931. Um, and then the other thing that I found is that The definition of science itself is one of the definitions is actually a systematically organized body of knowledge on a particular subject.
0: Well, then it's almost redundant to say it's it's like saying library, library or science, science.
1: (laughs) I don't know that I really love that definition of science. I got to say, I mean, you know, they call boxing the sweet science. And I have a problem with that, too. I don't think it's sweet or science. It's
3: pugilistic. So and anyway, well, that, social that science, is a word associated you know, with Boston. social sciences. So it's a study, you know, the study, uh, a systematically organized body of knowledge on on the library world, the library and information world. It's also of course, all right, called all right. library and information studies as well. So.
1: Oh, that's well, better. It's a
0: systematic. What was it? Systematic
3: organization of uh, of a body of knowledge on a particular subject.
0: But it's not a particular subject. I mean, that's part of what I love about libraries and librarians Mm -hmm. is, you know, you can ask a librarian a question and frequently they know the answer. But if they don't know the answer, they know where to find it. Everything that is everything is there in the in the library.
1: I think I think the subject that she was talking about, though, in terms of library science is the subject there is library. Yes. The organization
3: Yes. How libraries are organized. I mean, when I talked about the classes, I forgot about yes. that. That's a big part of it, too. Uh, a collection, you know, how you how to do collection development, how to do cataloging, um, that sort of thing. So that's it's a study of all of that.
0: All right. Got it. Um, is the Dewey Decimal System controversial among librarians? Uh,
3: you know, I believe it is. Yes. Uh, but to my knowledge, I mean, I haven't really discussed that too much myself so is it dead yeah
1: or is it still with us? we
3: still are using it yes we're still using it but some libraries have transitioned out of it to more bookstore models things like that
0: but if you go to uh thanksgiving dinner with other librarians you don't talk about it no uh, because it can it can tear at the fiber of the (laughs) of the uh unity of the evening
3: well Um, i don't know i think we don't we probably don't talk about it because we're too busy eating so and well, that's oh. the other thing, <laughs> right? You know, maybe the Dewey Decimal System is not, not the most interesting Thanksgiving topic of conversation. So, oh, how
0: can you say that? Um, all right. Now, libraries have changed a lot. I mean, I think people still often have a very old-fashioned vision, you know, their memory of what the library is like when they were a kid. Libraries have changed a lot. They have events and
1: and programs now, right? Yes.
3: We do. We have a lot of events and programs. It's really a great way to build community and bring people into the library. And So so is Paula
1: going to have to make these events and programs? What does she have to do?
3: I think I'd be good at that. There are a lot, you know, people do a lot of different kinds of programs. So, for example, one of my favorite programs that I've done, and this was in, you know, the before times when we were in person, our summer reading theme was, uh, it's showtime at the library and the summer reading thing is also a lot of fun. That's a big deal at almost every library. Oh, I
0: loved that yeah. for my kids. Well, yeah. it's also
3: for adults now. It's for all ages. So and adults can win prizes and things too. So it's very fun.
0: Oh, that's all right. Um,
3: so we created a trapped in a Broadway theater escape room experience. Oh, wow. We did nine shows, and I knew that I was not going to be able to create animatronics or learn how to do that in two months. Although I will say some librarians can. I mean, they work on maker spaces and robotics and all, yeah, all kinds of things. <laughs> Downtown, there's an Octavia lab makerspace with all kinds of machines that you can use for a couple of hours to create different things, you know, 3d printers. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to create animatronics. So I decided to use people. And what would happen is they would, the the people in the escape room would trigger something and then the cast would appear lip syncing to a song from Broadway musical.
1: Oh, wow. It was
3: so much fun. For example, they pointed a phone at a poster from Wicked and the music from Defying Gravity started and then I appeared as Elphaba above the the top lip syncing to the end. So that was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that sounds great. And this is good because I could continue with my you know, I could still perform.
3: I like that. Yes. Oh, you did have uh, an open yeah. comedy, a lot of uh, open mic. A lot of our libraries have open mics as well. Really? Yeah. It
0: never occurred to me to work the library circuit
3: as a comic. Right. Was-
1: you should totally work the library circuit, Paula.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love that. And, and um, our podcast, our children's librarian has her a podcast she does with her children's book club. club. It's called Children Chatting mm-hmm. with Authors and they get the authors on and the kids interview them. So that's really fun too. There are all kinds of programs. Oh, you can that sounds do.
0: great. All right. See, this this has this is my number. I I can do this. Um, or
1: can you? Emily, what's the no, hardest thing that Paula's gonna run into? What's the hardest part of being a librarian?
3: Well, I think, you know, anytime you're working with the public, it can be hard to realize that you can't help people with everything. So, you know, we try to be an open, welcoming space and we do have all kinds of people come in and sometimes people come in with problems that the library at least can't solve on its own. So, you know, that we do work hard to partner with other community organizations and things. And, um, you know, we give training on staff to have handle a variety of situations. Um, so I will say for me, I have been very fortunate and I love my job and I've had a great experience though. I do live in fear of one thing and that is hmm. having my book clubs hate a book. I choose. It is very
2: stressful oh, yeah. hour. Don't choose Eat, Pray, Love.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might even steer clear of Moby Dick if I were you. Uh.
3: I feel guilty for days after that. But the flip side of that, though, is that it's a joy when they actually when you suggest something that people do love, or the book club you find they all love it. Like it's really fun if you do the first of a mystery series, and then you see the book club people checking out the rest of the series after you do that. So that's really fun. Oh yeah. That would be gratifying. Yes. All right. So
0: that's the worst thing that ever happened on your job is the book club not liking the book. You
3: chose? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Yes, that's the worst light thing that's ever happened on the job. I'm trying to think of. of. Uh,
1: you don't have to keep it light. You can tell us the worst dark thing uh, that ever happened on the job.
3: I'm trying to think of things. I mean, in general, I really love my job. So I'm just I. I feel very grateful to be able to work with the public. Um, I do think so far,
0: this sounds like the perfect environment for me. It it is
1: sounding a little more positive than I initially thought. Paul.
3: Yes. I mean, I do think anytime you're in customer service, you know, you, you are working with people, so you're going to have some moments that are difficult and, um, You know, you kind of have to fall back on your training. One of the things that I've been thinking of of lately is, you know, everybody wants to feel special and important. So if you just approach every interaction like that and and make everybody feel like they're welcome in the library, that can really go a long way, I think.
0: Has anybody ever slammed a book down and said, not this book? Uh, Well, you know, to
3: be honest. The last time that, <laughs> that happened, oh, when I was working in the entertainment industry, one of my bosses did that, slammed books oh, down yeah. and stormed out of the room. So, I mean, maybe that's what I'm yeah, comparing see? it to. So, you know. yeah,
0: that's why I want to get out of this business <laughs> and into libraries. Um, all right, let me ask you this Have you ever judged someone on what they checked out? Absolutely not. We absolutely.
1: Okay, not. now, honestly, let, let me ask you then as a follow up. Honestly, have you ever judged somebody based on what they checked out?
3: No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, you all right, Paul, answered why that. Why don't you ask
1: it again?
0: You you, you answered that way too fast. <laughs> yeah, I think you absolutely have judged someone on what they checked out.
3: No, oh, I, I really right. haven't. It's so like I somebody mean,
1: checks out a copy of of so so you've got leprosy, and you don't judge them.
3: No, absolutely not. I mean. I think yes, it is one of the tenets of library science that you know people can check out whatever they want. But I also think, I mean, as a as a human being, I don't want people to judge me based on you know something I check out like a snap judgment like that. So,
1: how uh, about a book like Serial Killing? How's the best? How to get away with it? Well,
3: you know, people love <laughs> books about serial killers. So oh, they uh, do, don't they? They do, yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> You know? yeah. And, you know, um, you know, we have no idea what's going on in people's lives or why they read certain the things they read. And and so, you know, I mean, that's why we have the books. Plus, we really like high circulation. So I'm not going to stop anything that increases yeah. circulation. Yeah.
0: Uh, so when someone brings up cleaning with gerbils, you don't say a word. <laughs>
3: cleaning with, oh, like, <laughs> general gerbils. No, you know, I have not seen that that book in the library. So no, yeah, we, were- yeah.
0: You know why? Cause it's constantly checked out. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let
3: me ask you this, Emily, why does someone want to be a librarian? Um, so for me, I wanted to become a librarian because I love stories and, uh, you know, I, I, that's why I went into the entertainment. And then when I switched, I, I found something even better for me. And I found also that I can really channel my creative energy into programming, um, which is something I didn't necessarily expect, so I also like being able to give people things for free and be like this streaming service, it's free. And this online course is free and, you know, free passes really to cool. local museums and attractions, you know, you can get them here. Uh, but I actually think the most important thing is to want to serve and be a part of a community because that's really what it is. You know, I love going out. When I go out, I live near the library. So I go out and I see people from the library out and about and I see them at restaurants and you know, things I'm doing. And it's really fun to be able to wave and feel part of that community. So, you know, books and media, or information are really just the ways that we help serve the community.
0: That's terrific.
1: Wow. Well, thank you, Emily Aronson. That was excellent. Paula, your turn. What have you learned about being a librarian? And could you do that job?
0: Well, let me start. By saying, house band Katie Triplett from Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the toy piano, it sounds grand. Thank you. If you can give me a little background music, I'll tell you what the old pounce donator spit out. Emily Aronson, adult librarian, Studio City Branch Library of the Los Angeles Library System, thank you so much. I think you've helped me find my niche. Although I might need some work in my tech skills in order to assist library users in that area, I admit that openly, I think I'd more than make up for it in my library open mic skills. Thanks for coming to Comedy Open Mic Night at the library. It's nice to be here among a lineup of open micers whose dream of performing on a step stool between the natural science section and philosophy and psychology is about to come true. Long day for me working at the library. I spent the morning sewing pencils in half. It's not an easy job being a librarian. I have to deal with the public a lot. Today, someone complained that I put their name on the waiting list to take out Eat, Pray, Love months ago. And I never called them to tell them it was in. I said, you're welcome. It's awfully quiet out there. (laughs) Remember, you can make noise in the modern library. I was on the reference desk for a couple of hours. A guy in a MAGA hat came up to me. He said, I'm looking for, I said, let me guess, Toni Morrison books with the flammable covers. They're in the makes white people uncomfortable section. (laughs) Boy, if this wasn't a library, I'd think I was bombing. Someone asked me where they could find books on cat psychology? I said, that's ridiculous. You couldn't get a cat to see a therapist. They'd fuck up the couch. What are they going to say anyways? Of course I have mother issues. She used to bite the back of my neck. Well, that's my time for tonight. Come by and see me tomorrow. Return your books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Paula, uh,
0: where are you going to be appearing next? On December 9th, I'll be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida (laughs) At the Broward Center for the Performing Arts Uh On December 10th, I'll be in New Haven, Connecticut At Schubert Hall And on December 11th, I'll be in Long Beach, California At the Carpenter Center You can find all my tour dates at paulapoundstone.com
1: She is the adult librarian at the Studio City Branch Library Of the Los Angeles Public Library System Thank you so much, Emily Aronson, everybody Emily, thank you Thank
0: you Thank you so much, Emily. It was great. Thank you all
3: for having me.
1: Coming up next, you love us. You have some problems with us, but you know you can help change us. (laughs) Why, that always works out great, right? It's Mailbag Helpful Hints Edition when we come back. Fun fact, you make coconut oil by husking, grating, soaking, and boiling a coconut. You make olive oil by grinding, crushing, and then pressing olives. I don't want to talk about how to make baby oil. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Thank you, house band Katie Triplett, again on That Toy Piano. It's fantastic. Now, before we go any further, Paula, uh, we kind of have an important announcement right here. Because if you remember, we have finished Eat, Pray, Love uh, for our book club. The yes. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Book Club. And we asked people last week to go to the Facebook page, uh, the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page, and suggest what might be our next book for the book club. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people did. And now we have narrowed it down to three books, which people will then be able to vote for. So let's bring up. From Sherman Oaks, Tony Nita Hull, tell us what the three top choices were suggested by our listeners.
4: The top three choices are Geek Love, mm-hmm. Fight Club, and The Hobbit.
1: Ooh, well, I'm excited about that. I've I've read The Hobbit. I haven't read Geek Love. Always wanted to. And I uh, I, I I've seen Fight Club. Paul, have you seen Fight Club? No, never saw never saw Fight Club. Those are three super interesting choices, though.
0: Yeah, no. I'm mean, in. I, I I'm thinking of somehow combining all of them, where we read a page of each. Uh huh. Nah, that's not gonna. work. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's not gonna.
1: That's not gonna work. Okay, so uh, let's do it this way. Go to our nobody listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page, and you will find a link to a poll which Tony Neal Hull will post. You can vote right now on whether we should be reading Geek Love, Fight Club, or The Hobbit.
0: There's also, uh, there is a composite book called I Love to Beat the Shit Out of the Hobbit. Uh, That's, (laughs) you know, that's for another time.
1: (laughs) Okay, moving on. Hey, Paula Poundstone. Uh, we're, We're getting to a segment that we had to delay from last week, but we're pretty excited about it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, wait. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Always good to
1: open up the... Mailbag! (laughs) That's helpful hints edition. So uh, I bet you're wondering, what's this helpful hints edition thing, Adam, right? Yeah, Adam, what's this helpful hints edition? Well, you know, our listeners love us, Paula. Of course they do. And there are legions of them love us. But sometimes they have some friendly pointers for how maybe to make our podcast better. So a lot of the letters that we have in our mailbag are helpful hints this week. Not all of them, but a lot of them.
0: Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. Always room for improvement. That's what I say.
1: Exactly. To that end, let's bring on... Wait a minute. Back
0: up. What do they want you to improve, Adam?
1: Um, well, let's see. I, I, I don't rightly know, Paula. I, I'm sure that they might have something <laughs> for both of us to improve. Nah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> crazy <laughs> though it may be. Let's, uh, let's ask Tony Anita Hull, our resident mailbag. Helpful hints edition reader, step on up and tell us what our listeners want to know.
4: Okay, so our first one is from Tony, Tony,
0: Tony, our first what? Our first what?
4: Mailbag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's our first letter from our mailbag.
0: Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead and read the mailbag. I can't. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I, I think this is such an exciting time for Adam to find out what he can do to improve. So you go ahead. Okay.
4: Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, so the first one's from Catherine Steppinger. I have a word for you. Spuddle. Oh. And I love the podcast. Perfect length for mowing the lawn or vacuuming the house.
0: Wait a minute. <laughs> Well, I look forward to uh, p- to perhaps using spuddle, uh, but when you mow the lawn or vacuum the house, you, you you can't hear the podcast.
1: That's right, Catherine. That would be the, the hardest time to hear it.
0: Yeah, Catherine, you like the podcast that goes like this. <laughs> That's Adam. Wait, what? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure that. Uh, uh, I don't think you're listening to the podcast, Catherine. That's the v- vacuum or the lawnmower.
1: Um, Tony, did you look up Spuddle? No. What?
0: <laughs> you're lying. Tony, did you look up Spuddle? Um, oh, boy.
4: A feeble movement. Spuddle. Feeble
1: movement. No, look That's it up again, Tony. I looked it up. It's not that. What does it mean now? What is it? What does it say? It's to make a lot of fuss about trivial things.
4: Oh, I see that at the top. I went down to the the Collins English Dictionary.
0: Oh, who uses the Collins <laughs> English Dictionary? That's like a joke gift at a at an office party, the Collins English Dictionary. Oh, you're kidding, Tony. You weren't really looking at the Collins English. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, uh, Tony. <laughs> I'm very tired. Are you tired? What are you tired from? It's been a long week. No, you know, I got to say something to you, Tony. You know, time is one of the few things that are standardized. Every week is the exact same length. But
4: it can feel longer. Yeah,
0: but that
1: doesn't mean that it is. Also, we record on Tuesday nights, Tony. It's, it's I know. It's a, been a two-day long week for you? No, she meant since last Tuesday.
4: Just been busy. You've been busy? Very busy.
0: Not just spuddling around.
1: (laughs) No. Hey, Tony, what's next from our mailbag? Helpful hints edition. So
4: it's from Randall Bowie. He writes in too many Fs.
0: You know what? What? I have nothing to say about that. Because,
1: Paula, I feel like you swear more than I do on the show. He didn't say anything about swearing. Yeah, he said too many Fs. (inaudible) (audio) He's saying that that, that we say fuck too much.
0: Huh? All right, I have nothing to say about that. Go ahead, read the next one.
1: (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) Next one, a mailbag. (laughs) Helpful hints edition. Thank you, Randall. So we have
4: from Barbara Klein. I'm actually tired of the end when they say... If you're going to buy it anyway, use our code, Too Repetitive.
0: Oh. I have nothing to say about that. You have nothing to <laughs> say about that? I have nothing to say about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's the next one? Oh, okay, wow, this is going very fast. Uh, Tony, Anita Ho, what next?
4: This is from, from Michael D., I've been with you since the beginning. I Thank love you, the show. Thank you. But Ma. Paula's persistent interruptions of the glockenspiel during mailbag <laughs> is just <laughs> fucking annoying. Not <laughs> funny annoying. Fucking annoying.
0: Can you back up and just read that last part again? <laughs> Not funny annoying. That part? <laughs> no, before that. Paula's persistent... I know. Paula's persistent interruptions
4: of the block and spiel during Mailbag. It's <laughs> just fucking annoying. Not funny annoying. Fucking annoying. Please have less of that and more of everything else.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. You know what? Now I would like to say something. <laughs> Here's a fuck for Randall. I know it's more than he can handle. Surely there's a product we could sell that bears the word fuck for Randall. And if you're going to buy it anyway, even if it's not today, use our code. You'll save a load. Pennies for a vintage pricey wine, but don't tell Barbara Klein. A price that's competitive is too repetitive. And here's a special edition that'll interrupt the erection of Michael D.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, Paula, I feel like you're not taking all this constructive criticism in the helpful hints uh, vein that it was intended.
0: Where have we gotten this criticism from, Adam?
1: Uh, from our mailbag. <laughs> helpful hints edition. All right, um, Tony, step on up.
4: (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Uh, So we have our best friend, Heidi McBride. Fritz is back. (laughs) Heidi! Heidi! She wrote in, you guys, I love the show, but have you considered maybe just once out of several times actually answering the questions instead of using them as comedic material? Otherwise, really, why do you ask?
0: (laughs) I would like to respond to Heidi's question. To the question, have we considered maybe just once out of several times actually answering the questions instead of using them as comedic material? Yes.
1: (laughs) I actually thought we did that a couple of months ago, didn't we, Tony?
4: We did.
1: I don't remember that.
4: Yeah, NLTPPQ&A.
1: Yeah. Heidi, if you're not going to listen to all our shows, maybe don't offer us that advice. Oh,
4: uh, whoa, whoa, well, whoa. come whoa. on.
1: <laughs> boy, did you see Adam come at Heidi like that? Woo! Sorry, Woo! I got my tackles up a little bit. Yeah. We did try to sincerely answer questions one time.
0: Huh, boy.
4: Heidi must be amnesic.
1: <laughs> Correctly used, but only the first time, Tony, as we wind this puppy down. <laughs> You're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit.
4: I just that. <laughs> because I'm amnesic.
1: Oh, boy! Twice!
0: Oh, oh, <laughs> wow.
1: Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that brings us to the end of a very, very satisfying and helpful mailbag. Helpful Hints Edition.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm wondering uh, if there's any way that we can record Mike Lockenspiel uh, rehearsals and uh, send them off to Michael D. Um,
1: <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. Because uh, Mike, Mike, if it, if it's any help, she does rehearse about up to uh, two to three hours a day.
0: Uh, oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It bugs the fuck out of everybody. Sorry, Randall. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Hey, Nobodies, if you have any questions or comments or, uh, or anything like that, send that to nobodylistens to nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Who knows? You might show up on our mailbag. <laughs> Paula, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Adam, Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is humming with the excitement of the holiday rush. And how have we kept everything on such a positive note? We require our employees to be fully vaccinated and
1: masked. She cut the pay last month. Now it's just back to where we started. Merry fucking Christmas. We
0: don't want anything to shut down the production of Poundstone Pussy Pillows, four-inch by five-and-a-half-inch handmade catnip stuffed pillows with a catch joke on one side and autographed to your cat on the other side. They also feature a grommet, so you can put a string through it and drag it around the house for your cat, giving mittens more meaning to her life. You can order them now at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. And... You can listen to my newly released album, Paula Poundstone Goes to College, wherever you listen to comedy online. There's more, of course, but Heidi...
1: Yeah, and Heidi, you you had quite a presence on the show. I want to tell you specifically, Heidi, and everybody else, that at long last, my book, Confessions of a Puppet Master, by Charles Band, with Adam Felber, is now on your bookstands. It can be delivered to you by Amazon tomorrow. It is the book that Library Journal, and we were just talking about libraries today, called a wildly entertaining read. So uh, if you've loaded up with Pussy Pillows and all of Paula's books, and Paula Poundstone goes to college, and you should... Then consider purchasing for yourself and your loved ones Confessions of a Puppet Master. And subscribe to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge, no obligation. If there's a subject or topic you want to know more about, tell us. We're at listens to Paula at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone. And yours truly, Adam L. Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Emily Aronson. Yay! Yay. And to our house band on that toy piano, Katie Triplett. Yay! Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Poundstone Industries production by Vic Lowery. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your orders at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: And thank you to the voice talents of Paul Matlock. Bookshop Santa Cruz at 1520 Pacific Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. I'm sorry, but Tony Anita Hull did not use this week's word amnesic three times in a sentence in this show correctly. Oh. And so I cannot give you the dollars worth of free advertising. I'm so sorry. I know you're Santa Cruz's oldest independent bookstore. And I'd love to give Bookshop Santa Cruz at 1520 Pacific Avenue in Santa Cruz, dollars worth of free advertising, but I simply can't. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
1: Um, hi. I'm Adam Felber.
0: Hey! That is gross. Look <laughs> man, I, I, was just, I was just saying That's not what I came here for. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Is that just... your hand? Are you yes. are, are you are you extending your hand? Put that hand back. Oh god. That, you know what?
3: That is but, so.
0: Th- this is this is. I, 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 we're in the library. It's not a. It's not a meat market. For God's sakes! You are disgusting. It's not how I meant it. I just was saying hi. We're not even in the reproductive section.
1: Uh, you oh are misinterpreting God. me. Hey, no, hey! You that, listen to me. When I say hello, I'm Adam Felber. What I'm saying stop is. Stop
0: it! You did it again. No! What? Stop it! That, what? Oh, that, that is so. That is what? What?
1: You're reading into this.
0: Why not just wear a raincoat and flash it open? For heaven's sakes! Did you extend your hand again? Put your hand back.
1: (gasps) I don't even know who you are. All I was doing was asking if you wanted to have sex. Yeah. Oh, that's what you thought too. I wish you'd been more direct. I thought I was. I mean, why else (laughs) would someone say that?
0: I can't imagine. Stop stop. A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.
1: Hey, everybody! As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show. Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress but in the intervening years I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses including the award winning Lux collection, which I have the newly released Helix Elite collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux.
0: Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders
1: and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash paula. That's helixsleep.com slash paula and use the code helixpartner20.
0: This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
1: (laughs) Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.